Well, good morning, North Star. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here today as we continue week two of our Soul Care Series. I love that old song, When My Soul Finds Need, right? My soul finds peace through that sweet hour of prayer. That is, that is really good. We're gonna be talking a lot about prayer today and in this Soul Carry series that we talked about and we started last week, we talked about that God cares about who we are, right, on the inside and how we work on the inside. So I want you to do me a favor. Why don't you go ahead and take your Bible, turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter four is where we're gonna camp out. If you got your app out, maybe you're watching live on the app this morning, you're streaming live, you may be doing the Roku stream or the Apple TV stream or watching our website. Every how you're watching, there's a notes section. You're gonna want that. I hope you've had a great weekend. The weather was beautiful yesterday. Ann and I got out went and got takeout in downtown Ackworth at Henry's and Center Street Tavern, and then we went and pulled the most redneck move ever. We sat on the tailgate of my truck and had dinner together. Don't judge us. We got out of the house, and it was nice. So we sat at a little park in Ackworth at Logan Park and just sat there in a parking spot and just talked and had a great time. I hope you had a great weekend as well. So let's talk about the soul. See, we live in a world of self-help, right? We, we do things that will help ourselves and the, the outward side of us, but our soul, we said last week, is down in that engine room, right? And down in that engine room, Dallas Willard, great Christian thought leader and teacher, he, he said this, the will is within all of us. Those are our intentions and our motives and, and those things that work and then our mind is our, is our feelings and emotions and things that, that come out of our mind. And our body displays those things, right? Our, our temperament. Uh, and some of our temperaments aren't real good right now, being, being holed up in our houses. But it's, it's our facial expressions and our body and our actions. Then he said this, though. He said the soul is when the three of these things that God has created within each of us, the soul is when they're in perfect alignment, right? We, we know the psalmist referred to it, you know, restore my soul, David said in Psalm 23. He also said, why so downcast, oh my soul? Jesus referred to the soul. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul. So we wanted to go to somebody that got it. And there's nobody that got it more than the Apostle Paul. Don't know what you know about Paul. Paul, Paul wasn't always a good guy. Paul would not be able to be hired here at North Star. Let's put it that way. His background was pretty checkered. His, his background check wouldn't come out really good. When he was Saul, he was a persecutor. But in a radical transformation, we pick up the book of Philippians what we're going to read today was a, a letter that he wrote to this church at Philippi. Paul was around 60 when he wrote the letter. He was in prison. He was chained to a Roman guard. He, we know that before this point he had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. He had been in prison before. He had planted this church at Philippi, and he's writing to encourage them. And get this, it's crazy part. Writing them about joy in the middle of tough times. Paul got soul care. He figured it out. 
And so we want to read what he had. So Philippians chapter four, let's dive in today. Pick up verse four. This is the part we hit last week. So if you missed last week, you can go catch it when we get done today. The Braves aren't on, so what else you gonna watch this afternoon? All right, here we go. Philippians 4.4. 4. Always, remember where he's at. He's in prison now. Always be full, and I want you to circle this word, of joy in the Lord. Remember we talked about happiness and joy and the difference between those. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is internal. Joy can't be taken away by things or people or stuff or circumstance. Nothing can take away joy. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Right, We talked about creating a constant connection with the Lord. I say it again, because he knew they needed it and he probably knew he needed it. Rejoice, let everyone see that you're considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon, or a lot of translations may say the Lord is near. Yes, he is coming soon, and yes, he's near, right? But this is where we're gonna camp out this week. Paul goes on to tell them, don't worry about I want you to circle this word there, anything. And you're going, really? Yeah, we're going to talk about it here in a second. Yeah, don't worry about anything. But then Paul tells us, instead, pray about, you circle this next word or underline it in your app, everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done and when you do that, then you will experience the word that makes this work. Then you'll experience peace. It's what we're all searching for, isn't it? It's what we're all striving for, looking for, hoping to find, which exceeds anything we can humanly understand. His peace will guard, it'll set up an encampment around our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we don't know how you do this. We, we know this is a spiritual move on your part. We're asking that you do today. Would you pull up a chair in our lives? Whether we're sitting on our couch or at the kitchen table or on the back porch or on our boat. Wherever we're at today, God, would you move in? And God, may these minutes and moments today not be a time we heard about you. God, may it be a time, maybe it will be a time we met with you and it was transformative in our lives. So God, speak to us, teach us, challenge us, prod us, push us to be the people that you created us to be. Father, that is my prayer and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, let's talk about Paul. I love, I like people who get it. They're not, they're not writing about something they don't understand. Paul got it. So for Paul to be able to write this in the circumstance he was in, was write what you and I need because we live in a world with more questions than answers. And he says this, principle number one, worry about nothing, and you're going, uh, okay, that would be nice, but Mike, did you know that? Blah, 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 blah. I worry about my kids. I worry about their future. I worry about my finances. I worry about my employment. I worry about our economy. I worry about, are they going to have graduation this summer? That's a real deal. I worry about, uh, you, could, you could fill in the blank with a million different things. 
And yet Paul could say, worry about nothing. What did Paul know about it? Well, Paul knew a lot about it. In fact, Paul wasn't waiting to go to Chick-fil-A to breakfast in the morning to meet all his buddies in a Bible study group. He was waiting for his appointment with Nero to find out if he was going to be killed or not. How could Paul write that? So let's talk about this first. I want you to write down two words. Ready? Concern, worry, right? God never tells us not to be concerned. He never tells us not to let concern enter our, yeah, there's things we're concerned about. I'm concerned. Where, where does concern grow into worry? When concern thinks it can control things, it grows into worry, right? When I go, well, I'm concerned about my children's future. I'm concerned, listen, when the market turned 07, 08, oh, I mean, I was, that was 12 Years ago, right? 13 years ago when that market turned. Well, we were in a very different place in our life. I didn't really pay attention to it. Now at 51 and the market goes down, I feel it, right? So I'm concerned about that. Concerned about retirement. Concerned about when are we gonna meet again as a church. I'm concerned about those things. But when concern grows into control, I get in trouble because here's the deal. I think we've all learned this. You can't control any of it. And then control turns into worry. And we say this all the time at North Star. Worries are just prayers. We just say them to ourselves. We have no ability. We have no ability to answer. We have no ability to answer that prayer. Look at what he said. Don't worry about anything. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today, has enough trouble of its own. There's enough trouble for just today. So here's our key to relieving stress. Living a one day at a time life. Live one day at a time. Stay out of the future. Stay out of the, set, set goals, but know that they're his. Set plans, but know that they're his, Right? Live one day at a time. God will give you what you need today because here's what he's wanting us to do. Here's the word. We say this all the time. Ready? It's the word trust. He wants us to trust. He wants us to trust that he can and we can't. That's why we pray. Prayers are not for him. Prayers are for us. Worry about nothing. Think of what this could do for your soul. See, when worry is living in here, it affects the restlessness of your soul. That's why your soul's never at peace when worry has taken up residence. And some of us, man, we've, 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 uh, we put a pillow out and blankets out for worry. And it's camped out. He's camped out with us. Principle number two, pray about everything. Pray about everything. I love how the Phillips translation said it. Tell God every detail of your needs. To the most minute, tell him. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. To write this principle down. There's no problem too big or for God's power, too small for God's concern. Once you write out beside it, 
God's got it. He's got it. So if you're new to faith and, and this whole Christian journey is, is something that you are first stepping into, that may not be the God that you knew. Listen, it is the God who is. He wants your stuff. He wants your stuff. He wants you. He wants to be involved in all of the junk of your mic. I don't want to bother. We got, we're trying to solve this crisis. God doesn't care that I'm worried about my child's travel baseball season. You know what? If it concerns you, it's a concern to him. It's a, it's a real deal. Like, I don't even know where to begin. We got two great resources for you today. Uh, right Now Media, we've got an account with Right Now Media for North Star Church, and there's two series. Uh, one on talking with God, which really, really good, real practical series out of a gentleman in Kentucky. And then Francis Chan did a series on prayer for students that is excellent. If you go to northstarchurch.org slash Right Now Media, it is a great, great resource for you. Pray about everything. This past week, I was talking to a group of guys, and Sellers Hickman, our college pastor, was in it. And he goes, have you ever heard John Piper talk about prayer? No, I, I hadn't. And so he sent me the link. And John Piper was talking about wartime movies. And I love a good wartime movie. Saving Private Ryan, and I'll tell you, if Saving Private Ryan's on, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I will stop, and I will watch the movie. I will do it. doesn't matter. I've seen it. 800 times, doesn't matter. I'll stop watching because Captain Miller, Tom Hanks, fascinating character. They get set out on a mission to find Private Ryan. Ryan, his brother has, his brother has died and they don't want the mom to lose another brother. It's a whole story and they don't want him to lose. So they're, they're on the mission, this little tactical force. They sent him out to save Private Ryan and they encounter Germans. They encounter all the stuff going on and he's got a walkie-talkie and he uses it constantly to try to get help, to try to find the best route, to try to find where he is because it is a necessity for survival. John Piper said, if we would use prayer like a military leader uses walkie-talkie, it would change our prayer life when we understand that we're in a war here. But Paul tells us in one of his other letters that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and rulers of darkness and evil. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer wasn't meant for us to convene once a day with God when it's comfortable, he wants us to be our last resort. God, I, I got, I've got to go to you with everything. You're it for me. I, I'm going to you constantly throughout the day. Captain Miller didn't get on at the end of the day and go, hey, let me give you the, uh, the, the, the summation of my day. Yeah, we lost one of our guys. And No, they were in constant communication. That's what prayer's meant for. Pray about everything. Finally, number three, treasure Christ. Above all things, treasure him above all things. Listen to what he said. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, circle that word, live in Christ Jesus. You could write the word intimacy. Treasure Christ above all things. He doesn't want to be a thought. He wants to be 
your first thought. Paul said this in Philippians 4, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content later on with what I have. I know how to live on almost nothing. I know how to live with everything. I've learned the secret in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Here's the key. Invest more time in getting to know Jesus. Invest more time in getting to know Jesus. And that's what prayer is. Well, today, I didn't want you to just hear me wax on and on about it. I want you to meet a good friend of mine, probably my best friend that's out there doing what I do. He pastors the great church, Westridge over in Hiram, but, but more than a pastor, he's a phenomenal husband. He is a great leader. He's an incredible dad, but he's a prayer warrior. So I want you guys to meet a good friend of mine, Brian Beloit. Usually we'd be doing some cool bro hug that would embarrass <laughs> our children, but today we're not gonna do that. But I, when, when we were thinking about today, I, I texted Brian, I was like, is there any way you might be free? Because prayer is a big deal to you. It's huge. Where, it's huge, where did that begin, Brian? Yeah. Walk us back a little bit in your story. Well, I grew up at, right outside Detroit, Michigan, little tiny city, Redford, lived in a little tiny house. And uh, my parents, uh, my mom was saved, my dad was not saved. I grew up, uh, these godly grandparents on my mom's side who just modeled prayer, they talked about it all the time. But one of the other things they talked about a lot was the rapture. And, and I always thought, you know, six, seven, eight years, God's coming back at any moment. But my big fear is that, is that that would happen and my dad would not go to heaven with me. And so as a little boy, I would pray very specifically, Lord, if I'm going up, help my dad to grab my feet. That was, that was my, my thought process. But I, and I would listen to my mom praying for my dad's salvation, literally crying over him. And fast forward to 1976, um, my parents were getting a divorce. I was 10 years old. And uh, I was sitting in church um, on the, just the aisle seat there. And uh, Palm Sunday, 1976, I didn't even know my dad was in church. I had an invitation at the end, and my dad walked the aisle and, and became a Christ follower. I will never forget that moment because he was, at, he was radically saved. We've seen people before, yep. Mike. You talk yep. about radical salvation. And before you know it, he had built, built a prayer closet in our house, this little tiny house. You go up the steps, and right at the very top, he built, uh, there was a closet, and he carpeted. He had prayer requests all over the wall, and so he taught me to go to the Lord in prayer. And I had already seen God answer that prayer of him coming to Christ in a radical way. But then he, he began to teach me to pray. And then he, he surrendered to ministry in 1988, moved our family to Texas, and started going to Bible college. And, and all of a sudden, I started seeing God answer prayers in ways that couldn't wow. be explained. He, I mean, you know, he was working a part, you know, full-time job, but at night and, and going to school full-time. And I mean, we would run out of food, run out of money, and all of a sudden, God would supply miraculously. And then he started planting churches. And um, I started seeing God do things that just couldn't be explained outside of prayer. And so I learned as a child through middle school, high school, as a child, even through college, that, that, that God, when you want something to see something big happen, God wants to partner with us, but it's going to happen through prayer. Oh, I love that phrase, partner with us. As you learn to partner with him, the everyday worries, anxieties. Yeah, you're yeah, a dad. Yeah, yeah. You're a husband. You're a leader, right? And this is this this goes an anxious time right. for everybody. How has prayer helped you handle that? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, you and I talk a lot about, especially over the last few weeks, we've talked yeah. so much. And I, like everyone else, I struggle still with worry, anxiety, stress. I mean, we're, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. That's right. But I've learned, and you mentioned this a moment ago, I've learned to go to God first instead of mm. my last resort. Mm. You know, I, I remember at the end of my junior year at Liberty, I played college baseball like you did. I had transferred from Dallas Baptist University, came in as a junior, had to sit out a year. The very end of my junior year, I tore my labrum. Um, which is a, if you're yep. a pitcher, it's like a death sentence. Yep. I was trying out for RA. I, I didn't make it. I, I tried out for a singing team. I got it, 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 the whole thing. I made it and then it got cut. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how, how am I yep. going to pay for college my senior year? And this girl I had been, had, uh, had been dating for several years, we broke up over the summer. And so I was just in this moment where, you know, as a, as a I don't 20-year-old, you know, college student, I was stressed out, worried. And I remember going home to, my dad had planted a church in north, north part of Detroit, and they lived down about five acres. They had this big rock at the mm. end of their driveway. And uh, there were many, many nights where my dad would say, son, let's go hit the rock. Because he would see that I was just worried. I didn't know how I was going to be able to pay for college. I mean, just the stress of broken, you know, relationship and, and my baseball dreams were, were crushed. Yep. And um, we would go sit on this rock. And he would just say, son, let's just pray together. And, and I remember the verse that he taught me at that moment. And I knew it, but it was the verse he drilled in. And you read it a moment ago mm. from, from Philippians chapter 4. And, and he would say, it's, do not be anxious about anything. Do not, do not worry about anything. But instead, take everything before the Lord. All your prayers, all your positions, your, 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 your petitions, your thanksgiving moments. And then, and this is what I grabbed onto. And the peace of God and you read it a moment ago, yep. which encamps your heart and your sure. mind. It, 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 it goes beyond your understanding, and it guards your heart, and it guards your minds with peace in Christ Jesus. And I remember, as I learned to continue to lean into God with prayer, it was like God would just, he would, like, literally guarding my mind and my heart with peace. And as you know, back in 2004, my dad was on, on our staff at Westridge our, as our pastor of care, and he he uh, died very tragically in a rafting accident on the Nantahala River. And uh, I, I told a story at his funeral over at Roswell Street Baptist about this prayer rock and about how my dad just teaching me to pray, but in college really teaching me how to lean in during moments of worry and anxiety and stress. And, and I just said, wouldn't it be amazing if we, one day we could build a, a prayer garden at Westridge and have, wouldn't it be great if we could have this prayer rock? You know, I'm sitting, thinking that will never happen. Well, a year later, we were moving into our building, and we're getting ready to build this garden as well. And some, some guys in my church, you know, I live in Paulding County, man, they get <laughs> access to trucks of all kinds. They went up to Michigan, grabbed the 7,000-pound rock, and it sits in our prayer garden to this day. And so, Mike, I tell you, there's moments where, you know, I, I get worried, I get stressed, or whatever. I will go to that rock to this day. Uh, I'll take my boys to that rock and we'll sit in it. There's some, some benches there and we'll just sit there and it just reminds me when I'm worried, when I'm stressed, that's, my, that's where I go. I go to the rock because I'm going to God first instead of my last resort. So, you know, because worries and concerns and they're natural. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to they are like, Mike, there's all this gas. Hmm. It terrifies me. Right but I can't let it control me. Right. And that reminder to go to him first is such a big deal. What disciplines, Brian, have you set in place? Because, you know, in our profession, it's easy to preach about it but not do it. What disciplines have you put in place to make prayer part of your journey? Yeah, I, I think everybody assumes that because we're pastors that prayer comes easy That's for right. us. But prayer is hard work. 
Yep. And I struggle with focus. And so I struggle a lot of times to focus, to pray. So early in the early 90s when I first got into ministry, I started journaling my prayers out. And I just started writing my thoughts. I started writing my prayer requests. I started writing, you know, uh, the, how God was answering those prayers. I actually have a stack of these journals mm. at, in my house. And early on, I remember writing, I, I, I don't know if I can write this because someday somebody's going to read that. And then I thought, <laughs> well, I'll be dead. Who cares? So now I don't even care. It's like I'm dead. But sometimes I, you know, sometimes I pray when I run. Um, but when Amy and I got married in December of, of 92, um, we started praying together at night. It was just I would pray one night, she'd pray the next night, and when our, when our boys came along, we, we, we kept that as a discipline in our home. Um, we've always been terrible at little family Bible studies, but <laughs> yeah. we've been very consistent with prayer. But back in October 2016, uh, there were some things going on in our house, and a lot of it was around my boys and their athletic injuries, a lot of broken bones going on there. I started prayer walking around the campus of our church in 2016. And then God started doing some really miraculous things, and Amy joined me in the spring of 2017. And we've just continued almost every single morning uh, just prayer walking around our, our campus. And I've got a big dog who needs a lot of exercise there. Yep. But, um, and, and so I also have just started keeping a document of all of the prayers that God has answered over the years. And I've just, I just keep a file. And there's so many things that we don't even remember or realize that God's answered. And yet when you start listing them all out, you realize God is he is just unbelievably answering prayers almost all the time in our lives. And I'll tell you something fun that, that I think you will relate to well because of your ministry with coaches. But sometime back in, I think, middle school, when our oldest son Taylor was in middle school, my, my wife and I started praying very specifically for their co- our boys' coaches. Mm. And we have just, we've kept that going. Uh, we've just continued to pray for their coaches, even coaches from the past. So Coach Jordan at North, we pray for, we pray for he and his family. Mm. Coach Simons at Covenant College, we pray for he and his family. Uh, we pray, my, my son still plays ball, we, still, we pray for every coach that they've had. We pray for their kids because it's hard, it's hard to get mad at coaches <laughs> when you're praying for them every single so day. So true, man. And they need it. So and so true. we've just made that part of just the discipline that we're going to pray for those who are investing in our kids' lives. And, and what I love about that is it's practical. Yeah. I mean, that's something anybody can do. Yeah. Where would you tell somebody to start? If it was brand new to somebody, how would you tell them to get going in prayer? Well, you know, so I think we all know there's different little, you know, prayer strategies, prayer models, acronyms for prayer. You know, I grew up with the ACTS prayer model, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. One we use at Western is just pray, uh, you know, praise, repentance, ask, yield. But I want, there's a couple things that I think we have to remember when it comes to prayer. First of all is that prayer is a conversation. That's it's right. a two-way conversation right. between us and the God of the universe who has... He has invited us into the throne room. He calls it the throne room of grace in Hebrews, where he tells us, he invites us, and he says, when you come, I want you to come with boldness and confidence. And it's a gift. And so, so if the one who created us, who knows all things, who owns all things, who controls all things, has invited me, has invited you to come into his throne room, then I, I want to take advantage of the invitation, but I want to come very strategically because I, want, I don't want to waste his time. That's right. And so uh, I always tell people, pick a time and place every single day because you want to make sure, you know, like we want to pray all the time. And you talked about it yep. a moment ago. Be just continuous in prayer. 
but to be strategic about it. I think you need to pick a time and a place every day and change it up if you need to, you know, if it becomes stale. So I get up, you know, for me, every single morning, it's a chair in my den. I come at six in the morning with my Bible, my journal. I come with, you know, a cup of coffee because I need it. Um, But the second thing is, before you begin to pray, quiet your spirit before the Lord so you can just learn to listen. Too oftentimes, we just want to get talking. That's right. And so it's, it's, it's important that we quiet our spirit and just learn to listen. And that's one of the things I'm even learning right now is just, be, you know, God, quiet my spirit. So a lot of times I'll put my little, you know, ear, earbuds in and I'll just listen to a song that's ministering to me at the time, a praise song. Or I'll, I'll read a psalm. Or I, I want to confess because I want the airwaves to be clear between yep. me and God. I want, to, I want to make things, you know, sure things are in a good place. But... Before you ask anything from God, I think it's important that you say these things to, that you say this to God. God, before I say anything to you, I want you to know that your will is more important than anything else. I want my prayers to line up with your will. So, and here's, here's, here's why. If God's a good father and I want his will more than anything, and I know that he has good things for me, okay? He has my best interest in mind, then, then I'll be okay with how he answers, and so if he says no or if he says not yet, then I know he's a good dad. Yep. And he's got my best in mind. But I have to settle that before I ask. Because he's not like a, you know, some genie in a bottle where yep. he just you know, grants all of our wishes. And when we're praying in line with his will, we are praying powerful prayers. Mm. Powerful prayers. And so I have to trust his heart. And then when I ask, I ask and I don't hold back. There's a sign in my office that says pray big. And so I, because I trust his heart, I go for the sky. You know, I'm not praying for a new car, you know, bigger house. I mean, I'm, I'm asking God for big things that line up with his dreams for my life and for, for his kingdom. And so we're praying big prayers. But I'm also, I want to pray very specific for what I'm asking for. Because when he answers, I want to know that he specifically answered what I'm praying for. Mm. So rather than just, you know, Lord, pray for, pray for my friend Mike and his wife Ann. Would you bless them? I want to know exactly how I can pray for you and Anne and Casey and Mary Michael so that I'm going to, I'm going to pray very specifically so that when God, God answers, I yep. know that he very specifically answered my prayer request. You know, I love Ephesians 3.20. We are praying and talking to the God who is able That's right. to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that's, in work, that's at work within us. I mean, his power is at work within us. He is able to do more than we could ever be- ever ask or imagine so I don't hold back I don't hold back and I pray very specific and then I I tell people don't stop praying until either God changes your heart about something or he just completely slams the door and sometimes I'll say keep praying yep it's just maybe not now or it's or it's a no you know and God will change your heart about it or it's just not yet but just keep coming keep coming see it's about a relationship that's right it's about a relationship with a powerful God who is also a loving father and so he, he wants us, he invites us to, to come because he wants the intimacy. And that's what prayer is all about, this two-way conversation right. where God just wants to be intimate with us. And he's invited us to come into his throne room and to come boldly and with confidence. You know, you and Amy and Ann and I had the blessing of knowing Dr. Falwell. Yeah, yeah. And, and for those of you that didn't, I, I hate it. Because if you were a student at Liberty University in the 70s and the 80s and the mid-90s, um, he marked all our lives, and mm. prayer was a huge piece. Brian, you yes. got to be up close and personal working on his staff yeah. as yeah. his student pastor. What's something about Doc that you picked up on in the area of prayer? What would you say? 
Well, I mean, you and I both know he was such a huge visionary. And if you go to Liberty, it's, it's just almost unbelievable to, to look at what's happened in such a short amount of time. Because the school started in 71, and it's hard That's to right. believe. It is. But, but I remember him saying this, and you, you'll remember it as well. Any student that's ever walked out of Liberty remembers these little sayings that he had. And I remember him saying that nothing of eternal significance happens apart from prayer. And I, I, I always go back to that because I, there's things that, that I pray for and I just go, Lord, this can't happen unless I'm praying. Mm. I know it can't happen. Lord, this, I have to be praying. I have to be leaning into this because I remember watching him model prayer, talking about his prayer life. Of course, he talked about getting up at four in the morning. I, I can't pull that one off. But he would be up early just praying for, for God to move. And we, you know, we saw the influence that he had, not just you know, on, on that campus and on our lives, but the world. And, uh, but so much of it was rooted in prayer, and he would talk about his prayer life all the time. And I, we had a first row seat to watch how God answered miraculous prayers that could not be explained in the human realm. Yeah, it, it was those things that marked us. Yeah. You know, every yeah. time I go back up there, I, I make a trip they, outside Liberty around the mansion, if you're mm-hmm. ever up there. But right. there's these sayings they've got on these, these stones around it that are powerful because yeah. he lived them. Yep. You, you talked, Brian, as we wrap up today about what your dad did for you in the area mm. of prayer. You love your boys. Yep. One, of the, one of the things I respect about you the most is you're a great dad. Mm, thanks. What do you hope your boys say about your prayer life one day? What do you hope they take away from you as they look back? Now, let me tell you about my dad. Mm. He wasn't just a pastor. Let me tell you about my dad and the way he prayed and the way he taught me. What would you say? I guess I just hope that they'll look back and go, my dad had an intimate walk with Christ. And it was, it was you know, rooted in prayer. That, that, that it's not something that they just hear me talk about, but they see me doing it. Mm. And that they can have the same testimony that I have looking back. And, you know, I watched my dad pray through difficult seasons of planting churches. And, I mean, a lot of disappointments and a lot of, you know, you know moments of, of frustration. But yet I watched him pray th- our family through those moments. And I hope that my boys can look back and go, that's, that's what my dad did for me. He, he, he instilled this, this belief inside of me that nothing of eternal significance could happen apart from prayer. That, that prayer is not the last resort. It's the go-to. And that, and that, you know, when I worry, when I get stressed out, when I get anxious, that that that's where I go. I, you know, I go to that rock, not that physical rock, but I go to the rock that's my, that's my, you know, creator of the universe, but that good father who loves me. That's the first place I go because he's asked me to, to give him my burdens. Yep. He'll take them from me. And mm. what he puts back on me, he says, is light. That's right. And so I want my boys to learn that. You know, they're young adults like your kids are. And I just want them to know that there's, there's power there. When I'm gone, from this universe, you know, from the world, and I'm in heaven. I, I want my boys to know that, that you know, dad's in heaven. You know, I'm, hopefully I'm cheering them on from up, you know, up in the grandstands of heaven, but they, have, they serve a God who, who still is taking care of them, and they can talk with them intimately every day. So I want the intimacy. That's I, that's so I hope good. they'll, that's, that's they'll remember so that about good. me. Woo! Brian, would you mind praying over our people I would love this to, morning? absolutely. Awesome. Lord, what an honor it is to be here at North Star with my friend Mike. And I just love this man. I love his family. I love the staff of this church. I love the influence and the impact of North Star Church, Lord. We have had this 23-year history together of doing life, doing ministry together in 
communities right next door to each other. And I thank you, Lord, for this bond and friendship that not only do Mike and I have together and our families, but, these church, but the churches that we pastor. And so, Lord, uh, I pray for every family, every individual that is tuned in to watch this service today. Father, that I pray that, that families during this time, Lord, of, of uncertainty, of stress, of, of worry, that we would lean into you right now instead of pulling back. Mm. That we would see you as good instead of one who is disconnected. That we would see you as one who is powerful instead of one who maybe has lost contact with us, Lord. No, no, no. Lord, I believe that you're allowing all of this to happen for purposes that we can't even see. Right. There's some things we're getting a chance to see firsthand. But Lord, you're up to something that is so big, it's so worldwide, it's so global, we can't even get our arms around it. So Lord, would you help us to jump into the flow of what you're doing and not miss out on these opportunities that were in front of us right now. And Lord, you've given us this tremendous weapon in our arsenal, prayer. Lord, it is our offensive weapon. In all of the things that you've given us, Lord, you've told us to come to you and to come into your throne room with confidence and boldness, Lord, and to ask whatever we want. And Lord, I pray today, Father, that we would just align our prayers with your will. Because we know when we're praying in your will, Lord, you're doing powerful things. And we're in the flow of what you're doing. That's where I want to be. I know that's where Mike and his family, that's all we want to be. We want to be in the flow of what you're doing. And Lord, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we know that you're holding everything together. You're in control. You're all-knowing. Lord, you know what's going to happen next week when we don't. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, that we'll trust you today. We'll lean into you. That we'll take all of our cares, our worries, our stresses, and we'll put them on you, Lord, because you've asked us to do that, Lord. And what you give us back, you say, is a, is a yoke that's light. There's freedom there when we come to you, Lord, and you love us. And I'm so thankful for this gift of prayer. Lord, may we just take one more step towards you today in this area of prayer. And we'll thank you for just the way that you are loving on, us, loving on us at this moment and the intimacy that you're calling us into. In Jesus' name.